Hello again, everyone, live and direct from the World Broadcast Center of Two Old Goats. It is I, Bill Gray, and my cohort of thousands of years. John Chapman. That's it. It's yeah, We chatted a little bit about this on an earlier visit, but these grew out of um, our deck sessions. Uh, I think sitting back uh, on the deck at, at your home in, um, in Mount Pleasant and just, you know, talking about things that uh, are opinions and and challenging points of view and uh, and and fleshing things out. So um, there are times when um, we're on the porch. And those were good times because that's where the idea of this podcast came from. We had good conversations. Sometimes we agreed and sometimes we didn't understand at all, but we had conversation and we were getting somewhere with these conversations. And speaking of conversations, we'll start with a quote this week um, from Charles Dickens. Uh, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. And the tale of two parties is is where I look at it. And again, uh, what is it uh, that Marvin Hamlet said? Everything old is new again. So there we are. And uh, I want to talk about reason for a moment. And I, I think um, we've kind of lost our way on uh, on reason. Uh, Reason, uh, one definition of reason is to use the faculty of reason so as to arrive at conclusions, to talk with another so as to influence actions or opinions, um, to take part in conversations, discussion, or argument, to discover, formulate, or conclude by the use of rationally, of of rational analysis. Um, Uh, Rational ground or motivation, the things that make some facts intelligible, Um, sufficient ground of explanation or of logical defense, Uh, the power of comprehending, inferring, or thinking specifically in orderly, rational ways. Some would call that intelligence. Uh, Insanity. Um, We have left the age of reason, and as we hit on uh, every show, the age of the talking points. And that's uh, where I start. Um, Is this the best of times or the worst of times, John? It's the craziest of times. Yeah. So we always look back and say what we had in the past was better than today. Well, I don't know that. I mean, things were easier because maybe we didn't pay attention as much. Absolutely. Absolutely. A conversation with an old friend was, uh, you know, remember what it was like when we were young? Everything was just simple. It's not as complicated as it is today. You know, I'd like to go back to the old days. And he laughed and he looked at me and he said, 
it was exactly the way it is today. Then we were just too damn stupid to know it. Exactly. And so, I mean, when you, you look at Dickens, um, uh, in our last episode, you know, quoted H.L. Mencken from, you know, the start of the 20th century that it, it, I think everything keeps coming around and there is some hope that we'll figure out um, a workaround or a solution and we're still not getting it. Everything but, that goes as has been will come around. I yeah, even I think mean, bell bottoms are coming back. Well, everything's coming back, you know, I mean, and, and, and I still have uh, somewhere in my trove of clothes, elephant bell bottoms. Oh my I mean, God. <laughs> let's get the, I mean, let's get serious here. All right. Talking uh, one more thing about um, definitions. This was another definition that uh, I thought was interesting and um, it is woke. Now, you and I would go, oh, yeah, I remember that radio station with Charlie Weaver. Uh, no, that's not the woke I'm referring to. Uh, by definition, uh, woke is an English adjective meaning alert to racial prejudice and discrimination uh, that originated in African-American vernacular English. Beginning in 2010, it came to encompass a broader awareness of social inequalities such as sexism. It has also been used as shorthand for American left ideas involving identity politics, social justice, the notion of white privilege, and reparations for African Americans. So, I mean, that's what woke is by definition. That leads me to a story that. Um, flashed back into my head a few weeks ago. And that story was uh, the last survivor of the Orangeburg massacre passed. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what is the Orangeburg massacre? Some of you uh, possibly are saying, I'm aware of the Tulsa massacre, but I was not a aware of our very own massacre in Orangeburg. Uh, the gist of that massacre uh, was in February of 1968. We'll come back to this on a February show. Um, about 200 protesters were demonstrating against uh, racial segregation at the local bowling alley, the all-star bowling lane. This was uh, an event that had gone on for um, a couple of days, and it was basically about um, racial segregation that the gentleman that owned the bowling alley felt that he had the right to exclude anybody he wanted to. I believe one of the quotes that I saw him speak was, my customers don't want them in here. Um, I, I must also say that uh, the bowling alley is across the street from the college in, in, um, in Orangeburg. Uh, what actually happened that day, uh, not Ohio National Guardsmen, who are weekend warriors, and to an extent could be excused from not being trained on live ammunition. In February of 1968, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, at South Carolina State University, South Carolina Highway Patrol officers 
opened fire. Yes, live fire, live fire. And they said, the police said that they were uh, under attack. Uh, the governor at the time, uh, Robert Miner, responded by calling in the National Guard uh, after commenting that black power advocates were running amok in the community. It, uh, oh my God, eight patrol officers fired carbines, shotguns, and revolvers at the protesting protesters, firing for around 10 to 15 seconds. 27 people were injured. And three African-Americans were killed, Samuel Hammond Jr., Henry Smith, and Delano Middleton, who, who was a student at a local high school, um, were killed. Um, the uh, gentleman by the name of Cleveland Sellers, that name may ring a bell in the Democratic community, his son, uh, Bakari, that... Uh, he stood trial in 1970, Cleveland Sellers, not Bakari. Cleveland Sellers was convicted on the charge of riot relating to the events on February 6th at the bowling alley. He served seven months in prison and was off for good behavior. And um, at the time, he was the national program director of SNCC. Back then, we had a lot of uh, letters or uh, what are anagrams? Is that what I don't know what the word is? I think that'll do. <laughs> but uh, student nonviolent coordinating committee, and um, so uh, you know, we had our own Ohio, but we didn't get a song. Well, and, what was the problem was Vietnam, the Tet Offensive had started. Tet in Vietnamese is New Year. So the Tet Offensive had started in January, and a lot of Americans were getting hurt and killed right at that time. So the Orangeburg Massacre made the news, but only for a day, because the Tet Offensive just took it off the front page. And, but, you know, see, this kind of thing, I, I, I think we need to be more aware of what happened. And, and not just in Orangeburg, that what happened in Greensboro at the, at the luncheon, uh, what happened at, at um, the Pettus Bridge, uh, when, I mean, if you've seen the movie Selma, uh, I went to see it uh, with a friend, and she was shocked that there were dogs and water cannons and gas. Um, you know, let's go back to a, a question that I often ask. Why was I 70 years old before I ever knew about Black Wall Street and and Tulsa? Uh, again, a demonstration at the jail in Tulsa and shots fired and the entire um, black neighborhood burnt to the ground. Uh, the people were thrown in. Uh, mass graves, which we are still unearthing uh, by people who are looking in Tulsa. Uh, one of the things that distressed me the most when I read about Tulsa was that, of course, uh, they're oil fields and they were white rioters, and I will call them that, 
that went to the oil fields, uh, took airplanes that the oil fields used, flew over the part of Tulsa, and dropped incendiary bombs uh, on the area. That's uh, Americans dropping bombs on Americans. Um, I, I just think, you know, people you know, may say, Bill, are you pushing CRT? Well, you know, it already has a bad connotation when you just say CRT. So, and CRT has been around for a while. But I, I think if we walked in people's shoes or were aware of who walked in those shoes before them, um, you know, I, we might understand some of the mistrust. Yeah, I mean, is, is that a good word, mistrust? Yes, I think that's it. Because if you don't rely on what has happened in the past and portray it truthfully, then we get lies or misrepresentations or the craziness that's going on now about CRT. The chemical, uh, excuse me, I can't even pronounce the thing. Critical race theory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my question is, did it happen? Can you document it happened? Yeah. Well, I mean, is that information that we should have been made aware of? Um, I mean, I mean, I go back, and I, and I, I don't want to beat this to death, but Kent State got a song. Clemson got obscure, or not Clemson, but uh, Orangeburg got obscurity. And, um, I, I just think, you know, more people should know about Orangeburg. And as I said, we'll chat back about it on the, I don't want to use the word anniversary because that is a celebration, but, um, we'll do that, uh, in, uh, February while we're talking about something we need to know about, there is a movie that is coming out. Uh, I've not seen it yet, but, um, I've heard that it is very good. And it references uh, Emmett Till. Um, there's somebody else we don't know about. Not a lot of people know about Emmett Till. He was a 14-year-old African uh, boy who was abducted, tortured, and lynched in Mississippi in 1955 after being accused of offending a white woman, Carolyn Bryant. Uh, the brutality of his murder and the fact that the killers were acquitted uh, is just completely outrageous. Um, Emmett Till's mother uh, made a, I, I don't, I, I don't have a word for it, but the decision was to leave Emmett Till's casket open so people could see the damage that had been done. Uh, I didn't want to mention that he was just visiting in Mississippi. He was from Chicago. Um, how did it turn out in September of 1955? An all white jury found the two defendants, not guilty of murder protected against double jeopardy. They publicly admitted in a 1956 interview that they had tortured and murdered the boy selling the story of how they did it for $4,000. Uh, the movie is, um, Definitely uh, worth going to see from a history point of view. And by the way, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, an American law which makes lynching a federal hate crime, was signed into law March 29th, 2022 by 
the official president of the United States, Joe Biden. And so you go would see think the movie. about time. Well, I mean, again, you know, can we talk about what happened? I mean, I, I'm, you know, uh, we we need to be we need to be informed. Um, and and of course, you know, depending on what your source is, you know, there is bias. We talk about bias all the time. We have bias. Um, I mean, everybody has a bias. I mean, you you take your opinions as they reflect to your life experience. You have some sort of bias. Uh, sometimes the bias is a talking point, and you know we are pretty clear on that talking point crap. But um, it, it's just, I, I think if we were aware of the economics of Chicago over the last hundred or so years and how people were moved around for redevelopment and urban renewal. And people say, well, why is Chicago so violent? Well, it's, you know, the government um, is not reliable to a lot of people and gangs filled the void. So I, I guess my point is before, you know, we take the 10 second sound bite and make a decision um, can we get some background on, you know, w- what this anger came from? Um, and, and, and I'm not saying everyone is angry, uh, except here in Colombia. Uh, I, I do say that Colombia is the most uh, angry city I've ever lived in. Everybody hates everybody else here. But um, that, that's for another day. But I, I just wanted to, <clears throat> to talk about woke and um, reason and history for a moment and i did well the whole Uh, thing is we need to know about history there's you know people are they're not taught in school when i went to school you never even made it to the civil war in american history so you go off to college and you find out a bit more to it you know the war the war of northern aggression the great war of northern aggression as southerners would put it and all over, yeah. they as they couch it today, states' rights. Again, th- which that's what the Supreme Court said in the Dobbs decision. It belongs to the states. It's a state right issue. So the Democrats are saying they want a national law against it. But it goes back to state rights. So that takes us back to being where we're in 1860. Uh, see that that's something um it, it's just it, it's scary uh, when you uh, I read a story the other day that suggested that the times we are in are the times of Lincoln and we and again we heard the states rights issue then we hear the states rights issue on abortion um we're ripe with violence uh, um, uh, the January 6th, uh, for some of those people to get six months for trespassing, I think that's criminal for the courts are committing a crime. I mean, these people were insurrectionists. Uh, let's take a look at history. What happens to insurrectionists in the United States? A vast majority of them are hung. Um, I mean, I'm not saying these people should be hung. I'm saying, you know, six months is not a deterrent for crap in, in, in the United States Capitol. I mean, I just, that's just some crazy stuff. January 6th is what a hoot. 
that uh, and and is is January sixth a, a, a is that the the shot for at Fort Sumter? Well, um, it may very well be, but uh, the reality on that to me is that Congress determines the committees. And the new Congress, if it changes hands and Kevin McCarthy becomes speaker, I'm pretty much sure that he's going to kill that committee. Or just, it, I think the committee ends at the session of Congress. So I didn't think he would renew it. Well, you know, those unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah but, um, you know, let me ask you something. I would take the devil's advocate on this. I mean, this guy beat two impeachments. We've only had four in the history of the country. He gets two of them. And he beat them both. And because uh, not such a, you, you can't bet against the House. And, and the Senate was the House. Um, I, I, just, I, I just wonder, when you compare the January 6th hearings in the House to the Watergate hearings, and I, I remember watching the Watergate hearings and um, I mean, Sam Irvin, I mean, I, he's stuck in my head. I mean, that, but it kind of wandered along until, you know, John Dean made his operatic debut debut and sang like a canary. And, and then days later, uh, Alexander Butterfield from the FAA stumbles in and he goes, oh, you guys didn't know that everything was recorded. Say what? We watched it. Yeah. Did you watch the hearings? Yes. Okay. Now, how many people watched the um, January 6th hearings? Not as many as we'd hoped. And there are various discussions on whether it even changed minds. Um, and it, and again, you're saying, well, the committee will go away. Well, again, um, you know, he has escaped. Um, is it the system protecting itself? I mean, am, am I that cynical that it's not just, uh, the 45 phenomenon? It's just the system rallies around itself to go through the motions knowing full well that there will be no outcome uh, that uh, it, it it's it's like we're not on the record as long as we're not on the record we're okay uh, as i said two of four impeachments beaten uh, it remains to be seen what the state of new york will do what the city of new york will or manhattan will do what will happen in atlanta as uh uh, um, uh, who wants the under on the Fifth Amendment for um, for Lindsey, uh, or is he going to perjure himself? Uh, and just Lindsey, before you go, just review the fact they have you on tape, and uh, tape's a horrible thing. But well, um, why I mean, would, why would Lindsey just not want to testify? Why well, would he not want to clear himself? Well, because uh, because he feels beneath the proceeding. Well, the, that, or I should say, the proceeding is beneath him. The other side of it would be, uh, I remember what the other side said when we talked about the Patriot Act and said, oh, "Man, it's it's uh, a little comprehensive there, and uh, you know, it's kind of like heavy-handed." And the comment from the other side was, "Well, if you ain't got nothing to hide, I don't know what you're afraid of." 
So uh, I'll take that quote for Lindsay. If you ain't got nothing to hide, answer the question. If you do have something to hide, then exercise your right to take the fifth and we move on. But, you know, I, I think that it's all a tempest in a teapot, that, that the system will not hold itself responsible until we change the system. That. And that should bring us up to uh, good night, uh, Virginia. Uh, once again, at gmail.com, it's uh, not gmail.com, at two old goats at gmail and two old goats at Facebook. Thank you for your time again. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, bend your ear soon. Bye. Do we have to pay scale to uh, blue for barking? Yeah. <laughs>